Well, hallelujah. I got to pay Dr. Jacobs for all it. No, I'm just kidding. Well, let me tell you something. You know, when you, if you have some substance, that means somebody put something in you. I'm going to say it again. If you have some substance, that means somebody put something in you. Now, how you say it, it don't matter. You can tell the devil to come out, get out, get a better, get moving real quick. But as long as you know that you have that authority because somebody put some substance in you, that's the reason why you can preach. All of us are anointed to tell somebody our story about how good God is to us. But until somebody puts something on the inside of you, then you have nothing to preach anyway. And uh, I want to give honor tonight to my pastors, Pastor Michael and Pastor Diana, because if it was not for them, I would not be here today. My wife would not be here today. My children would not be here today. And serving with me in the ministry and, and the church on the rock would not be here. You know, the Bible said, they that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish, and even in that latter years they shall be productive. And I believe that, amen. And they did put something in me. The first time I heard Dr. Jacobs preach, he was preaching on the name of Jesus. And I was 25 years old with a mechanical engineering degree. And I said, I didn't even know we were supposed to be praying in the name of Jesus. And uh, from that point on, I could not stop hearing this man talk about the gospel. Every time the doors were open, I'm in there. Why? Because I'm trying to have life. I'm not interested in trying to have a ministry. I'm not interested in trying to have a church. You got to live first. Amen. You got to live first. I was just trying to live. Amen. I was just trying to live. I just believed Jesus was bigger than what people had told me about. I just believed there was bigger God than what religion had taught me. And I kept looking up and down all over the planet trying to find somebody that would tell me that God was an awesome God and he wanted to be awesome in my life. And one night we walked in a church on the rock next to a bowling alley inside of a shopping center. And I had never been in a place like that before because every time I went to church, I was thinking steeple, people, amen, and pews. And then I said, I'm going to have to write a book about demons and steeples because demons have entered churches to keep the gospel from being preached. So God had to find a Michael P. Jacobs that said, would you obey me? Would you forget about religion? And would you put all that aside? And would you take the Holy Ghost and the Word of God and raise up a generation of people that are on fire for God? Will you pursue revival for me? Will you pursue the gifts of the Spirit for me? And I am so thankful that I found somebody hungry for God. And I see the same hunger in him from year one to year 28. And he's going all over the world and preaching the gospel. And I will not disconnect from that. I am not a fool. I know how long it took me to find a church that was filled with the Holy Ghost, where somebody would baptize you in the Spirit. Didn't you hear the testimonies this morning? They all come out of somebody that's hungry for God and say, I know there's more of you. I'll leave religion. I'll leave denomination. Take my preaching papers. But don't you take the power of God from me. Don't you take the Holy Ghost from me. Don't you take signs and wonders and miracles from me. Don't you take the joy of the Lord from me. I'm excited, amen, because I know some people that are on fire for God. 
I know some people that know how to get a hold of God. I know some people that know how to get miracles. You ought to feel safe up here in the house of the Lord. You should tell the devil you should have got me a long time ago. But now I'm up here in a church on the rock. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against my life. They shall not prevail against my family. They shall not prevail against my church. You ought to be excited. Yeah, I told people I was going to youth camp. See, I tell everybody where I'm going. I ain't trying to sneak off to youth camp. <laughs> I ain't trying to sneak off to youth camp. I told people where I'm going. And some of them want your seat. They say, you going where? Some of them say, I used to know what it's like being in youth camp. No, you ain't talking about, we ain't talking about the same kind of youth camp you talking about. Because if we were talking about the same kind of youth camp we were talking about, you'd be trying to get there this year. We ain't just having no weenie, weenie roses and talking about, come by here, my Lord. No, we're talking about taking over. We're talking about taking over. That's what we're talking about. The kingdom is here. We're talking about casting out devils in the name of Jesus and going into all the world and preaching the gospel. That's what we're talking about. And the thing about it is, Y'all get to start in y'all teenage years. If they teaching you algebra right now in school and geometry, well, good. That just tells me you can learn about spiritual things. That just tells me you can learn about the Holy Ghost. You can really find out what salvation is. That means you can start right now. Pastor Cynthia, I didn't start. I was, what, 25? I said, oh, my God, they done duped me. Had me doing all that singing, running from the devil during the week. <laughs> Getting hooped to for 25 years. I mean, this spitting and hollering ain't saying nothing. I remember one day the devil came to the Baptist church where I was. I remember that. See, you can have a lot of insecurity and fears and a lot of timidity in your life, and you just keep trying to live normal. <laughs> you could be going crazy, but you're just trying to keep it together because you know people are not supposed to go crazy. But unless heaven comes and invades your life, you're going crazy. And so I was going crazy in the Baptist church. I was, i never forget that Sunday. And the devil said, and they hooped and hollered and everything. And then the devil said, I saw you in there getting all excited about nothing. And as soon as you come out, I'm going to whoop you just like I did last week. He said, come on out of there. He told me to come out of the church. And sure enough, I come out of there. He whooped me just like I did last week. Told me how stupid I was, how dumb I was, how my life wasn't going nowhere, how my life was going to be dead in. Now, I got to tell you to mark something for the rest of your life. You got to measure for the rest of your life what is coming from the earth and what's coming from heaven. Because that's just, that's just a divide. You've got to determine what comes from heaven 
and what comes from earth. And what comes from earth, you got to get rid of it. And that's what Dr. Jacobs taught me and Pastor Diana. And so I would never leave them. I'm not like the ignorant people that get up and say, well, I ain't going to do this and then end up doing it. I know what it's like not to have a pastor. I know what it's like being scared. Being scared while you just trying to act like you cool. Go ahead and sit down. Go ahead and sit down. I know what it's like being scared and trying to be cool at the same time. Insecure and trying to be cool at the same Because you got to protect yourself in this gym, around people. The devil got people on program. They see a little weakness in you. They want to attack you. So then you got to fake it until you make it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was doing. <laughs> but when you get a real pass, you don't have to fake it. I knew the day when I met that man, I was not going to have to fake it anymore. And so I, I owe him everything. You know, I, I'm, you know, I know Jesus is my Lord and Savior. But somebody says, how do you say this? They that call upon the Lord shall be saved. But how can they call? How can they hear? What it says is how can they call upon him whom they've not heard? And how can they hear without a preacher? And how can he preach unless he be sent? So God has got to send somebody to you to help you in this life. Even though Jesus died on the cross, that's not enough for you. Because if you don't know about it, you can't call him. And so all those years I was in fear was for nothing because I didn't know how to call him. And so I value the pastoral gift in my life. That's why I watch people walk off and say, bye, dummy. Been doing it for years. Bye, dummy. I've been doing it for years, and I will continue to do it. I had decided I would not live with the stupid. Amen. Like I said, for the rest of your life, you got to determine, did it come from men or did it come from heaven? And I determined that man and that woman came from heaven. That's the end of that. That's the key to your life, knowing when, who to let keep walking. And all you got to do to determine who to let keep walking is, now do they come from heaven or are they of the earth? And if they are of the earth and they are sensual, let them walk. But you keep the heavenly people around you. Amen. And now you know how to you know how to measure whether or not some you got your fellowship. What's the name talking about this morning? What Pastor uh, Alvin was talking about, and Pastor Reed was talking about. How do you value, How do you how do you how do you pick and select your fellowship? Is the fellowship from heaven, or is it from the earth? And if it's from heaven, I keep it. If it's from the earth, I kick it to the curb. That's what I do. And when I met them, I said, they from heaven. And so, and, and, and you know, he, he told you that. I'd never told anybody I was called in the ministry. I was scared to tell people that. You don't know nothing. You got a calling, but you don't know anything. And I wasn't going to let them people put me up and preach a trial sermon. And they, I think that's about the ignorance thing you can do. Somebody jump, I'm talking about they called, and then you got them up preaching next week. Preaching what? 
supposed to hear a trial sermon. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> they are in a trial, and so they don't need, I don't need to hear their sermon. So I was so afraid of doing that. I said, I ain't going to tell them I'm called. They'll have me up there next week. So I just waited. And just like he said, I'm standing out there at the, I'm standing out there at the picnic. I'm just talking. I ain't even going to tell him. I ain't even tell my wife. I'm married. I'm called. My wife don't even know it. We got children on the way. My wife don't even know it. Because there's no need of telling anybody about who you are unless they can help you get there. Amen. They want to need to go in there and telling them that. And then all of a sudden, the peace of God, he, had, he, didn't, he didn't ask me, he said, you call the minister. And then the peace of God come all over me. And I said, yes, sir, I am. And then we just started from that. And so I really honor them, uh, Jessica and Jordan. I thank you for the opportunity of being here. You know, I was, I was, you know, my whole family was able to watch a family in ministry. My whole family would watch. My children know they're supposed to be in a ministry because they've watched. There's something your family gets when your family's in church. And listen to this. My parents didn't live like, like I'm living now. My father didn't live like I'm living now. I just made a decision as for me and my house. I can't control all that stuff that happened in the background. I, I can't control all of that. And you don't even have to worry about all of that. You just make, need to make a quality decision to find the pastor that God wants you to have. And you stay there for the rest of your life. You don't, I don't care about your parents. That was their life. Amen. That was their life. They made, they made decisions. But you're here tonight so you can learn that you have, you're going to have decisions to make. And thank God for you if you had great parents and kept you in the house of God and things like that, you know. My mother took me to church. She did the best she could. She didn't know where to take us, really. And we had homosexuals on the piano and all kind of stuff like that. And I love playing. I love music. I wanted to play the piano. She wouldn't even let me play the piano because the gay blade was sitting there on the, on the keyboard. Well, I don't even want to use that word because that, that means gay means happy. He was over there twitching on the piano, is what somebody said. <laughs> you don't need to be playing a piano. Something's wrong with you if you think you're a man. You're a man, you think you're a girl. You don't need to be playing. You need to be in the deliverance line. Amen. We might well tell the truth. Is it from heaven or is it from earth? Amen. That's all you got to do. That's all you got to do. Decide if it's from heaven or it's from earth. God ain't got nobody on the keyboard like that up there. Music was created in heaven. And, and really, I'm not trying to pick on anybody because people need deliverance. The bottom line is the enemy knows that music is powerful. And he wants to discredit those that have that gift. That's all he wants to do because that's powerful. It's a powerful gift. And he wants to discredit people that have that gift. And that's a demonic attack on a person's life. If, you got, if a person has a problem with sexual orientation, you know, 
that, 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 comes from, that comes from the devil. We can look at you and tell whether you're a boy or a girl. Amen. Your doctor can anyway. Tell you right off. It's a boy. It's a girl. And nobody ever missed it. <laughs> they never missed it. See, you got to get to walking through the earth. Listen to some crazy stuff coming into your mind. And just get some get, get crazy stuff coming against your head. And see, people, those kind of insecurities work in people. And if it's, not, if it's not that kind, then it's another kind. And you have to get a real pastor to help you. And, and Pastor Sent and I found that, I, and I, said, I just made a decision. I said, that's it. I talk about Dr. Jacobs everywhere I go. And Pastor Sent to tell you that. I tell other pastors, my daddy's bigger than your daddy, got more word than your daddy. Got more knowing than your daddy. <laughs> you ought to meet my daddy. Amen. Hallelujah. I talked about him so much, Pastor Alvin is back there. <laughs> and the bishop. Amen. Because I know he can help people. I know he can help people. He knows more word than anybody I know on this planet. He can take the word and find revelation that there'll be other ministers that never find it in this lifetime. And I feel so fortunate. I feel so special because God put me with Dr. Michael Jacobs. And I have, you know, I walk, I see things, I don't say everything. And I've been around a lot of ministers. Not a whole lot, but I've been around some. And I would not have anybody on this planet pastor me other than Dr. Michael P. Jacobs. And that's just the way it is. Because it's ordered from heaven and nobody is going to do for me what he's been gifted from heaven to do. When things are in divine order, you can't really reorder them again. And this is how people really miss the call of God on their life. Is it from heaven or is it from the earth? If it's from the earth, you can let it go. But it's from heaven, you got to keep. You got to keep everything that comes from heaven. The Bible says, I believe it's uh, James chapter 3, verse 7. I have to look it up maybe. It says every, uh, 17, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above in heaven. And so when God drops something from heaven on you, you got to keep it. It is your job from that day forward to keep it. It is your job from that day forward to cultivate it. It's your job forever. And the thing about it, Pastor Diana is the same way. She speaks to my life. I remember one day I was going to do a furniture business. I'll never forget it. Amen. And Pastor Cynthia and Pastor Diana was going somewhere that day, and I was out in the garage working, building furniture. I thought I was going to have a cabinet building. So you can think you're going to do a whole lot of stuff. But the only thing you're really going to be able to do is from heaven. There are good ideals, and then there's giftings from heaven. And you're going to have to line yourself with that because God will never turn that loose in your life. 
And so I was going to start this business and everything. And I was up all in sawdust, and I had my, that's what my mistake was, I had my garage door open. <laughs> you know where them houses got the garage up front? And people just drive by and see what you're doing in there. Well, when that garage door was up, we passed down and pulled up. And uh, she looked in my garage. <laughs> and she said, what is he doing in there? <laughs> she said, what is he doing in there? Said, oh, he's been in first. He's going to start a business. She said, but what about the call of God on his life? And see, it's, it's, it's maybe 20 years later. Look at me still talking about it. Some things just strike you. But I'm going to tell you something right here today. What about the call of God on your life? What about the call of God on your life? It doesn't matter how you feel right now. It doesn't matter about how you feel. God's got a calling on your life. Amen. And it's from heaven. And we want to talk about those things tonight. Amen. But uh, before we do that, and I said all this because I want you to stand and uh, I knew all those testimonies came just because, I knew all those testimonies came because a man and a woman walked away from a denomination under pressure and decided they was going to go with the Holy Ghost. And I'm thinking, how could he walk away from that with men that appear to be more senior than him in ministry? How could he walk away from that? How could he walk away from religion? How could he walk away from senior people that are bearing down on you. How can you walk away from that when they're telling you you're wrong and they've studied the Bible more than you? How do you, as a young man, walk away from the elders that are ignorant and just say, I'm going to go on with God and not bow down to religion and even peer pressure under ministers? You know, some ministers under peer pressure. Man, I ain't got time to be pressured by no peers. I ain't got time for that. I just don't. I ain't got time for nobody else messing me up. Amen. I ain't got time for nobody else messing me up. You ought to, you ought to get a hold of that. But he walked away from that, and I realized that was the key to my life, that God found a man that he could obey. And I want you to stand to your feet and thank God for Dr. Michael Jacobs and Pasadena and give them thank you for your faithfulness. Amen. You know, this camp is here because of their vision and the vision they children have. You may be seated. I want you to turn with me to uh, Mark. You ought to be able to tell some people that really count in your life that I'm going to be there. Amen. That's what Pastor Reed was talking about, just having some sincerity in your life that they can count on you. You really ought to have that. I wanted to talk to you in relationship to what we're here talking about, David. In the meantime, you can turn to Mark chapter 1 and verse 15. And uh, when uh, Brother Jordan asked me to minister in the conference, then I heard that the, uh, the theme was, uh, was young and alive. 
I say that right? Young and free, okay. Y'all laughing for because that's where I'm going to go with alive in just a minute. Young and free. So I thought about that. I said, I'm going to have to think about that a while. And so I just kept walking. And then uh, young and free, got you. And uh, I listened to Pastor Alvin last night, and he said, young means at the beginning of life. Young is at the beginning of life. And I thought about that, and I looked at the word young, and he was right, it's the beginning of life. And then it says free. And I looked that up. And young and free means <clears throat> at the beginning of life without limitations. Amen. Uh, at the beginning of young means I'm just starting out. Now, that's good for y'all because you don't have to go through what I went through being young. And when you are young, you're at the beginning of life without limitations, if you're in the kingdom. But if you are young and you're not in the kingdom, you can be young and depressed. You can be young and the restless. Amen. You could be young and suicidal. And I felt a lot of those things as a young person because you are trying to find yourself and you are vulnerable. You are at the beginning of life. But when you're in the kingdom, see, life just does, you've got to talk about life in a couple of ways. First of all, are we just talking about existing, young and existing? Are we really talking about young and life? Then when my mind goes back, in the kingdom, we're talking about the life of God. So when we say young and free, that means I'm filled with the life of God. And because I have the life of God, I have no limitations. See, when you are free, you don't have limitations. You don't get up thinking what you can't do. You don't get up thinking what you can't have. You don't get up and put a cap on your own self. You don't put a limit on yourself. You get up and you thinking the sky is the limit to what I can have. Amen. You, I can be anything that I want to be in Christ Jesus. And you don't have any limitations, and that's a great place to be. But when you become, how do you enter into that? When you get born again, then that's when you really become young and free. Amen? So it doesn't matter how old you are, you can still be young and free if you're born again. Because some of the people back there, they're they not teenagers anymore, but I got good news for y'all. You can still be young and free. Hallelujah. If you're born again, I can get free. And God says, man, that's the great way to live. Jesus, I come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. I want you to dream the biggest dream. That's what Dr. Jacobs told me. I want you to get, dream the biggest dream. I want you to dream out far than you can think. Because God says the kind, of, the kind of freedom I'm putting on you, I can do exceedingly abundantly above all you ask to think. So you got to, from this camp on, you got to stop thinking little. You got to quit thinking, amen, I don't count, amen. You got to quit thinking that. You got to begin to begin to think, hey, wait a minute, I can lay hands on the sick. 
I can cast out devils. I ain't got to call my pastor, amen, to cast out the devil out of my friend. I've been going to church and been going to camp all these years. Wait a minute. I can do this in the name of Jesus. Then you young and free. Because if you say, I got to keep taking the church, then you got limitations. But this camp is about being young and free. So you got to say, I don't have any limitations. So I come to teach you that how do I live without limitations on my life? We set too many for ourselves. Sometimes we set financial limitations on our life. Sometimes we set career limitations on our life. But God wants you to shake yourself up in here today. He needs you to get loose. He needs you to get out of you and get into what he made you. Because sometimes we are trapped by the way we look. I ain't talking about how you look. That's just your earth suit. Some of us let our earth suit control us too much. If my hair ain't curly enough today, then I don't feel good. If I don't have on the right clothes, then I don't feel good. If I can't go down to the mall and get me some new kicks, I don't feel good. Well, Jesus didn't die for you to get some new kicks. He desired. He died so your spirit can be born again so that you can have a new life so that you can get out that old nature and so that a new nature will come on the inside of you. Yeah, that's why he did that. God ain't working with that stuff. God ain't never got up and combed your hair. God ain't never caught up and dressed you. God ain't never picked out your shoes for you. No, he picked out heaven for you. He picked out the born again spirit for you. He picked out your destiny. He picked out where you were going. He picked out what you would do. He picked out glory for you. That's what he picked out. He's not concerned about that. You will pick that stuff out. But what he's going to pick out is that which is spiritual. Okay, let my outside shake me up. Amen? Because your outside is subject to change. Come on now, say my outside is subject to change. There's Lindsay back there. One side wasn't moving. But bless God forever, that which is on the inside will cause the outside to move again. Amen. I got excited about that because I know she said I was trying to talk. But my mouth, I found out I wasn't talking. That ought to tell you there's a difference between your soul and your spirit. Your spirit really wants to talk and go to a whole nother level. Your spirit really wants to move for God. It's trying to get your flesh to move for God. It's trying to get your flesh alive for God. There's something on the inside of you that we got to turn loose in this generation. Yes. And if you stay with it, you can move it. Got to help you with that tonight. If you stay with it, you can move it. Hallelujah. I preach, about ja I, pre I preach about Jacob's testimony all the time. It's a worldwide testimony. Amen. For somebody to tell you, you got less than a 7% chance to live. What am I trying to say up in here tonight? We got some good stuff going on for us. Can't you see the signs and wonders and miracles are all around you? Can't you see that tumors are leaving all around you? Can't you see that that which couldn't move is moving around you? And can't you see 
God has raised up a church on the rock so the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. God is trying to bring the supernatural out of you. You gotta turn it loose. This is an opportunity time. Don't you want to raw? Where's my line? Somebody put the line up. Bring the line back out here. Because y'all got to roar tonight. Have you ever gotten somewhere and just wanted to roar? Don't you feel bigger on the inside that you are letting people know? Don't you feel bigger on the inside that you're letting people know? It's more on you, in you, than you are letting out. But we're going to get it out tonight. We're going to stir yourself up tonight. Oh, yeah, we're going to stir yourself up tonight. Because if I sat quiet all that time with the Holy Ghost call of God on the inside of me, amen, and I know you got something in you, because the Bible says that the gifts of the Spirit have been given to every one of y'all. Some of y'all sitting on miracles. Some of y'all sitting on prophecy. Some of y'all sitting on tongues and interpretation of tongues. You got to turn it loose. Shout, I'm going to turn it loose. And that ain't loud enough. I got to tell y'all about that now. Oh, man. See, here's what I did. You can't be cool and called. You can't be cool and called. And see, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted my calling, but I wanted to be cool. No, you're going to have to go off. Because when you're trying to be cool, that's to pacify your surroundings. <laughs> yeah, that's to pacify your surroundings. Because you don't want them to know that the line of the tribe of Judah is locked up in you. <laughs> Amen. You don't want them to know that I'm really wild and radical for God. Because it looks crazy to the world. And it's supposed to look crazy to the world because they don't have no sense anyway. So don't give them credit for having sense. You the one got sense. You the one that God has given the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. And that came from heaven. And if God ain't gave it to them, then they crazy. But you really doing what is right. And it's radical. Be, it's right to be radical for Jesus. Yeah. I was, at, I was checking out. I was buying this shirt. Come see y'all. And I was at the counter line. And this lady said, uh, she said, uh, if you fill out this card right here, you, get, you, you can win, win $1,000 if you just tell them how good I waited on you. He said, do you believe me? I said, later, I believe Jesus. <laughs> How you know, I messed up behind the counter. Amen, I messed up behind the counter. And I ain't say it quiet. I said it so everybody around there could hear. It's because, see, we need the stuff really in you to jump out of you. 
We don't need the gospel casually coming out of you. We don't need the Holy Ghost seeping out of you. We need the overflow coming out of you. It's time for revival. And here's what happened. When I said, no, lady, I believe Jesus. She said, I do too. And then the brother behind us said, amen. I said, okay, let's have revival up in here. No, we got to have something radical come out of you. We shouldn't have been being cool. Now the line of the tribe of Judah is in you. So here's what happened to me. I was going to be cool and called. But I didn't know Dr. J- Dr. Jacobs was going down to Dr. Dufresne to Temecula, California. I didn't know he was going down there to come back there to mess me up. Yeah, we were trying to loan. He was dropping 30, 30, 30, 30 verses on us at a time. But at least I was learning something. That's why I know my daddy no more worried and all the rest of them. <laughs> Oh, I went to church with a preacher and read one scripture and then closed the Bible and turned off the light and left us in the dark. <laughs> oh, thank you, Lord. See, sometimes I can just holler I got out of that. So anyway, he went down to Jamaica, California. He said, God, I want more of you. I don't know how to get there. He said, call Dr. Dufresne up. And he goes to Jamaica, California. And then he gets back. We don't know we're going to get messed up this night. Amen. Then we're going to go to a whole nother level. Can you, are you excited that God can plan something for you that's going to mess you up? You came one way, but you've been reconfigured and come out another way. I pray that you be reconfigured tonight. The stuff get moved in you tonight. Can't have revival without the radical. And so I, he got there at night. He said, I got something from California. That's what he said. And he said, any of y'all want what I got? Get up here. And so I was sitting on the front row. And I, 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 I said, I'm going to respond to this. So I, <laughs> I pushed my Bible back. And I just ran to the front. <laughs> and uh, sure enough, you laid hands on me. I go down in the flow. And I was laying there real cool. And then God says, uh, <clears throat> I want you to praise me uncontrollably. Amen. I said, that's just too radical. I said, I can't do that. See, we got to understand. Some of us have done stuff uncontrollably. Some of us have done other stuff uncontrollably. And so God got to get you used to doing stuff for him uncontrollably. Because we're so used to doing other stuff uncontrollably. So when we was at the club, we wanted to do it uncontrollably. 
<laughs> we wanted to know people we were going to, we know we were going to take it to a whole nother level tonight. Because we wanted people to say, look at us on the dance floor. Look over there. Look what that dude is doing. <laughs> look at him, man. He got his leg up. Yeah. We want people to know how to do a contributor. And then sometimes we want people to know we at the left, you know, we can do uh, Nintendo games and PlayStation games uncontrollably. So somebody said, man, I'm on level 10. You said, man, I ain't nothing. I'm on level 100. Because you want them to know you've been doing that uncontrollably. Amen. And, you know, somebody come to school. I got my Myra Salas. What's that girl named Myra Salas? What? I got Myra Salas purse. And then you think you something. But somebody been doing Myra Salas uncontrollably. And they jump out on you. Hey, nothing, girl. I got a Myra Salas hairdo. Myra Salas socks. Myra Salas skirt. I've been doing Mary Salas uncontrollably. <laughs> God need to stop. God needs you to stop doing whatever you've been doing that ain't from heaven uncontrollably. And now he needs you to start doing the heavenly stuff uncontrollably I need you to roar in here <laughs> so that's what happened to me he said I need you to praise me uncontrollably are you mean for me to turn loose my arm like I don't know what to do with it and then the other arm, I don't know what to do with it. And then my leg, I don't know what to do with it. And the other one, like, I don't know what to do with it. He said, yeah, that's what I want you to do. <laughs> I said, is these people going to see me, though? <laughs> Boy, you can be bound to church for no reason at all. You can be bound at church for no reason at all. For no reason at all. I was laying on the floor at Church on the Rock, New Albany, tongue-talking, Holy Ghost, running church, trying to be cool in my calling. God got tired of all that mess. I said, no, I can't do that today. He said, then I can't use you today. See, you got to understand, the world is in some stuff that they're doing uncontrollably. And unless we do our stuff uncontrollably, they're not going to come out of what they're in. I ain't just trying to be young and free. I am trying to be young and free and a freedom maker for somebody else. 
And ain't no God that you being free. See, you can jump out of, you can be in, you can be in prison then say, I can't get nobody else out, so I'm going to run myself. See, see, when you just try to get free yourself, that's just like breaking out of jail and running to get out yourself. But when you're a liberator, like Apostle Paul, you praise God enough so your neighbor can get free. I ain't just going to praise you enough so I can get free. I'm going to mess my neighbor up <laughs> so they can get free. And so that's what God was trying to tell me. You up here in Church on the Rock, you learn how to get your healing. You learn how to get your prosperity. You learn how to keep your marriage together. You learn how to raise your children in the Lord. I got you on promotion track. But you ain't free enough for other people. I said, okay, hold up. Don't leave me, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, all this was going on right up front in church on the rock, right on the altar. I was laying right down on the altar. <laughs> you know, a lot of times there's a whole lot of stuff going on with people. It's more than you can see. God dealing with you right now. Yeah. I said, okay, God. Come on back over here. I said, I ain't going to miss out. I just ain't going to miss out. And so I started kicking my feet. They still talk about it today. Yeah, I got, I was on the floor. And I was laying on my back. God in the hell, the conversation when I was on my back. I was laying there. You know how you fall real nice. You know how you go back real nice. Make sure somebody's back there. You don't have a thug. Okay, go right ahead. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> Man, you get a Holy Ghost fall. You get them jiggle falls. <laughs> you ought to have an assortment of falls. <laughs> Somebody say, you really got something, brother. I saw how you failed that time. So anyway, I went back, one of them nice religious falls. <coughs> and he said, you praise me uncontrollably. So I went back. I don't know where it came from. I started doing a bicycle. I went back and, oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Oh. Now, see, you want to do something so something can come out of you. And what I had to do was break my cool. Yeah, I had to break my cool. Because you're going to go somewhere where cool won't work. You're going to go to a town where you got to raise the church up from scratch. That you're going to have to believe God to do things far beyond you ever thought having. And you're going to have to have something in you that will keep you going when others won't go with you. You're going to have to have something in you to keep you going. 
Yeah. Man, hallelujah. We got to get the heaven out of you so other people can get saved. Filled with the Holy Ghost. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. We'll try this real quick. On the count of three. There y'all go right now. I knew he was going to do that. And then the devil tell us something. Don't move, don't move, don't move, don't move, don't move. <laughs> you know, the Bible said, be still and know that I'm God. No. Praise God. You're going to do this more than once tonight. This is just the first one. Amen. And I'm going to help you now. I'm going to help you now. Because I'm going to give you a little catless. Now, we still didn't hear the testimony this morning. Where Miss Jessica said she was cut from one side to the other. And other people... Other people do not come out of stuff like this. But because she recognized that God was God, you got to hear a testimony about God taking out a golf ball-sized tumor. And now she's back on the stage praising God like it never happened. And Lindsay, she... She was said she couldn't move one side. And I'm walking in here, she carrying jugs out of there. This is the testimony that the enemy may try to bring stuff to your life, but it cannot stay. It cannot stay in my body. It cannot stay on my mind because I'm from the kingdom of heaven. Amen. And that ought to be a witness to you what God has done for others. He can do for you or through you. And now on the count of three, I want you to give God a radical praise. Hallelujah. I want you to give him a radical praise. I want you to praise God and thank him that he delivered your sister and your other sister. And he's about ready to deliver your whole household. Now you give him a radical praise up in here. Right now, you get beside yourself. God, you about ready to do miracles through me. I ain't going to die before my time. I ain't going to die before my time. I'm going to live and declare the works of the Lord. Yes, run because God is a deliverer. Run because you got more money than you ever dreamed of. Run because heaven belongs. To you. Yeah, give him some praise. Go get radical for God. He got radical and took your sin. He got radical, took your sickness. Give him some praise. Yeah. Go ahead and shake your leg for God. Go ahead and wave your arm for God. Yeah, that's how I want to get free. Yeah, go and move your arm for God. 
All right, good. That's a good exercise. Y'all can sit back down. Yeah, go on, praise him again. Why? Because he's worthy. Why? Hallelujah. Because he's a deliverer. Because he's a way maker. Because he's your keeper. He is the lover of your soul. He is the one that's brought you higher than heights. You are seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus just because God is good. You got the keys to the kingdom of heaven. You got his name. You got his blood. You are the cream of the crop in the earth. Yeah, born and praising. This is a time to get free because I need you loose in the classroom. Everybody else might be acting a fool, but I ain't scared for Jesus. I'm going to be radical. Go ahead and sit back down. Well, I ain't even read your scripture yet. Yeah, we need people free. Oh! We ain't supposed to act like we from here. The Bible said we from heaven. See, the reason why you're cool is because you think you're from there. I got to be cool like them because I think I'm from where them are from. Amen. So I got to lock in with their culture, culture and their way of thinking because I think I'm from where they are. No. On the outside, it may look that way. But on the inside, there's a glow on the inside of you. It's more holy than the holies of holies in heaven because you are the temple of God. You got God burning on the inside of you. You got God trying to come out of you. And we got to turn it loose. And how you turn it loose? Because the way you think. It's the way you think. First, I got to quit worrying about what people think about me. God brought us, he said, my, he said I'm bringing you my thoughts from heaven. I got to bring you heavenly things to change you in the earth. You ought to be in Mark chapter 1, verse 15, by the way. To the introduction. Huh. And it says, now after that, John was put in prison. And Jesus came into Galilee preaching. Boy, that's good. Gotta tell you, wherever you come into, you go in there preaching. Come on now. Come on now. We gotta have you leaving here and go into somewhere preaching. Amen. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, you can mess somebody up doing that. 
Are you going to mess somebody else up? I mean, you walk in some place and say, the kingdom of heaven is here. read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. It works. It actually works. First thing, it makes demons scream. Ow! <laughs> it's a, he ain't playing either. <laughs> Can you see Jesus waiting in heaven just to say that? Oh, let me die now. People go places and yell stupid stuff. Just stupid stuff. Just go out of the wild and just drop. <laughs> but this actually works. What an honor to be able to make that announcement. Can't everybody say that? Everybody wasn't going around yelling. The kingdom of heaven is here. Because <laughs> they don't know nothing about it. All they've been doing is kicking dust of the earth. Going around kicking cans. Going to the synagogue. That's all they were doing. But Jesus came in there, he had something on it. You gotta understand. Maybe it actually works though. Because see, you can say it and be legit. See, when you say you got to be respected. Because <laughs> you can actually back it up. But you got to know where you're from. Some of y'all laugh because y'all just found out y'all from heaven, didn't you? I be going to the house all the time. Sitting down on a rusty couch. Trying to make the set work. And now you don't come up here and find out you from heaven. That's why you never said nothing. You look at where you came from. I ain't going to tell nobody I'm from there. I ain't going to tell nobody I'm from there. Matter of fact, when y'all drop me off from home, don't even drop me off in front of my house. Y'all let me off in a block around the corner. 
Now you can jump because you ain't from there. You can lose depression over that now because you're not from there. Because to be born again means to be born from above. You are born from above. Now you got to buy into your new stuff. We got to retrain you. Because since you've been going to school, people have been trying to get you to remember your address. You showed up in the first grade. You didn't know you was lying. Because <laughs> you ain't from there. They got you dressed. Who got a backpack? Who got a backpack? That's good enough right there. They got you dressed. Put your little backpack on you. And then what's your hands with? Yeah, man, that's on those one, two, three, oh, three. Pretty boy, drive. Then what's your phone number? And then what you get lost? Two, two, two. Two, 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 two. Okay, come on, baby. Let's put you down in the class. Now, now, class, I want everyone to write down their address on the piece of paper. You say, I can do it. One, two, three, four, Tweety Boy Dwight. <laughs> put down your phone number so we can call your mom if we need to. Two, two, two. Two, 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 two. Then after years of that, that's where you think you're from. You done, you done trained your mind to make you think that's where you are from. So if it don't look good, then you don't feel good. But I'm here to tell you this morning, take off that old backpack. God changed your address. Over 2,000 years ago, when he decided to send Jesus to the cross. And so your new address is Born Again Avenue in the kingdom of heaven. You are not from beneath. You are from above. And you're going to have to shake yourself and tell yourself when you get home, we have moved. We belong to the kingdom of heaven. And because you from there now, you can be proud and go into your house and tell everything, repent for the kingdom of heaven is here. Heaven is here. That's the key to the gospel. Heaven came to earth. Yeah. That's the key. He was trying to tell us heaven is here. See what he was doing? He was trying to tell us heaven is here. And some of you have gotten mad at God because you read where he was seated in heavenly places next to Christ Jesus. And you said, how's he up there sitting down while I'm going through all of this? Excuse me? 
Excuse me, Pastor, did you just say he was seated? <laughs> With all the stuff I'm going through? <laughs> and you got mad at him because you needed more money. Did you just say he's seated? And my house notice due? You got mad at God. You didn't want to tell nobody because you know it was wrong. You was at a Holy Ghost church. So you, so you start singing that song. Couldn't tell nobody. Well, see, I, God said, tell everybody I had trouble in heaven too. It's not like heaven ain't ever had no trouble. Yeah, they had trouble in heaven. Big old fight up there. Yeah. Yeah, y'all do not have number one good fight. He said, yeah. He said, tell everybody, I had trouble in heaven. The Bible said, the devil said, I will show some sin to the throne. I'm going to be like the most high God. And that's all he thought. And God messed him up. Now, I knew God beat him up. I knew that. Then God said, you ain't read that right. He said, I saw faith, Satan fall like lightning. I said, oh, my goodness. Y'all set him on fire. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. Y'all just didn't kick him in the head. Y'all set him on fire. He said, I saw him fall like lightning. I said, y'all put a match to him. <laughs> so I told him, Jesus. So I put some of his lighter fluid on him. Gabriel, throw the match. <laughs> Poof. <laughs> he said the reason why we don't have all this trouble up in heaven because we have exalted the word. We have exalted the word above my name. And he said, as soon as you start putting the word first place in your life, you're going to quit having all these demonic experiences. And if you would put the word first place in your life, if you get up like we do, we keep the covenant open up here. We keep the blood alive up in here. We keep speaking, amen. The word of God. And if you do that, you wouldn't have so much satanic attention. Yeah. So the next time you do that, I said, what are they doing up there? That's why, he came, that's why heaven came to earth. So you could do the same thing they do up there on the earth. That's what happened in this verse. Jesus showed up. Said the kingdom of heaven is here. So now y'all got the liberty to do the same thing we do up there. Yeah. Is any sick in heaven? Y'all ain't got to have nothing down here. 
The kingdom of heaven is here. Amen. Is anybody broke in heaven? We make streets out of gold up here. Amen. That's all you need to do for God to give you a little gravel. You'll be all right. Well, then the heaven has come so you can live without limitation. Yeah, I got one glory. You can hit one person. Well, I know it takes time for this stuff to hit you. I play you have one of them straight jerks. When you're laying in the bed, you just straighten straight out. <laughs> you're gonna realize you got heaven. Jesus went through all that so that heaven would come to this earth. The Bible said he prayed in the baptism of the Holy Ghost, and while he was praying, heaven opened. Because it was cut off. That's why we had such a hard time. We cut off. Jesus would walk into cities where the whole city had been cut off. And everybody's sick. It'd been cut off. With the synagogue right around the corner. But it was cut off from heaven. It doesn't matter how much church you got. It matters how much heaven you will allow to rest on you. Based on how you let heaven open over you. He said, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand and believe the gospel. Is that what it says? So you got some stuff to do here. He said Jesus came preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. They are synonymous. They mean the same thing. He said the time is fulfilled. That you and I live in a time that we got to have the culture of heaven. We got to turn loose of the culture of the earthly and take the culture of the heavenly. You got a heavenly spirit on the inside of you, recreated in the image and likeness of God. God has given us his thoughts from heaven so that we can think like Jesus Christ to the degree the Bible says you have the mind of Christ. And so we got to take everything that came from heaven. The Bible said every good and perfect gift comes from the Father above. The Holy Ghost comes from heaven. The Word of God comes from heaven. The blood of Jesus comes from heaven. The angels of God come from heaven. The gifts of the Spirit come from heaven. Our authority comes from heaven. Jesus said to to the Pharisees, they say, well, what authority are you doing all this? Tell us. He's like, I have one question for you. You answer my question, and I'll answer your question. The baptism of John, was it from heaven or was it of men? The rest of your life. You must use this as your judge. If you're going to captivate the culture of the heavenly, you must use this as your judge. 
You must ask yourself the things that are in your life. You got to say to I got to ask you a question. You say it like that, it's going to make your friends shiver. Are you from heaven? Is this thing from heaven or is it from earth? If it's from heaven, get with it. Amen. If it's from heaven, get with it. And then the culture of the heaven is going to become our normal way of living. Healing becomes our normal way of living. Increase becomes our normal way of living. And he said, you got to repent to live this way. You got you to you say, well, what I'm doing right now ain't working. What I'm doing right now is not right. I got too many limitations. And heaven has come so I can have a life without limitations. Because when heaven comes, it don't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter about the problems you've had in the past. Behold, all things have become new. You can put the past behind you and you can start over again. Doesn't matter about whatever happened in your family. You can say this day as a young person, as for me in my house though, we're going to serve the Lord. We're going to have heaven in our home. We're going to have the word of God in our home. You got to ask yourself that question. And, and repentance is not just, when Jesus said repent, repentance is not just because you've been doing bad stuff. God knows we've been doing bad stuff because we've been thinking bad, because the culture trained us that way. But when I repent, that gets rid, that's one dimension of it. And as you renew your mind, because faith controls behavior, and faith is based on how you think, as soon as your behavior changes, as soon as your thinking changes, your behavior changes. Amen. Jesus has already forgiven you all your sins, so you might well quit beating yourself. Giving your own self a whipping over something he done cleanse you of. Yeah. We're going to sin anyway. Because the Bible said when Adam opened the door, he let sin in on everybody. But Jesus closed the door. And nobody's a sinner based on their behavior, but a sinner by nature. And we return, when we renew your mind, then your nature will change. Then your behavior will change. So we got to go through this renewal. Repentance means I have signed up to change the way I think. Amen. I have signed up to change the way I think about myself, the way I think about the Word of God, the way I think about the things of God. I have signed up. And once you do that, real repentance means, when I looked it up, it means to prepare yourself to go to a superior level. So when Jesus was saying, repent, because I got a superior level to take you to. I got another whole level to take you to. And then how do we get to that level? Then he said, believe the gospel. That's where the kicker comes in. Because now we got to believe this. We got we to gotta renew our minds and we got to meditate the word so that these things take place in our life. And faith is the only way to get them to take place in your life. Heaven 
God has put a, God has put a safety on this thing. That the, the only way heaven really manifests is by faith. The only way you can get heavenly things to materialize is by faith. Amen. And that's reality. To get heaven to materialize is really your reality. Amen. And I tell you, and the only way you can get it to happen is by faith. So God wants it to consist of heaven in our life. So he said the just shall live by faith. But well, the question is, but will the just live by faith? Yes, the Bible said the just, God set the order, the just shall live by faith. The question is, will the just choose to live by faith? Because faith is the only way to materialize heaven in your life. And it's taken the church a while to get a hold of it. Because we had people messing with us, calling us to blab it and grab it, name it and claim it. Amen. And then we, so we don't want to say nothing. No, Jesus was, he said, now the order of heaven, whosoever shall say unto this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but believe the things which he said shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he said. So the order of heaven is, you can just call it, and it's yours. But you just can't pick and choose when you call. You got to recognize that I am a caller. So I call all the time. I just don't call when I need something. My lifestyle is a caller. It just shall live by faith. Because faith is the only way to materialize what is already stored in heaven to materialize it in the earth. And then that becomes my reality. Pastor Alvin read that. He says, we are, he says, by faith we understand that the world was framed by the word of God. That word worlds means S on it. It's got an S on it. So it's, when it's talking about worlds, that word means ages. What it's telling you is, is that the ages were formed by people that got up every day and decided I'm going to live by faith. That's my number one assignment. My number one assignment is not going down to that plant. My number one assignment is not going to that school. My number one assignment is to get up and live by faith. My number one assignment is to declare what heaven has brought to earth and materialize it in order so that others can see that heaven is coming, has come to earth. And it's my job to get up every morning when I rise up and say the kingdom of heaven is here. I'm about to materialize everything I need. It may not look like I can do what they've assigned me to do, but I'm going to turn loose the reality of who I really am in the earth. I'm going to get up and shout, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am going to live in my heavenly reality while I'm here on earth. What you see in Jesus, you see a man that is committed to the lifestyle of faith because that's the only way it works. It's a lifestyle. It's taking us time to learn that. It's taking us time to learn it. God got on me this week, so I got to get on you this week.
He said, you don't declare the stuff I have called over your life enough. And you wonder why certain things don't happen. See, you can go weary in the way of doing. You can get weary doing what's right. It's right to come to camp. But you can get it home. I've already been to camp. Shut up! It's right to come to camp. Camp, you're going to get to hear the testimonies about miracles, the preaching of the gospel, to get to hear your real way of living, to get to hear that heaven belongs to you. You ain't going to get this at home watching television. And then a real fight comes. Then you got to find somebody from heaven. No, but you from heaven. You want a victory when you leave here tonight. Like never before. He came to me and said, you don't, you don't confess my word anymore. He said, I'm prepared to birth the things that I've told you into your life. But I can't do it without your cooperation. Heaven cannot materialize without your cooperation. And then sometimes we confess for a week and then we get tired and then pick something else up. Now God is looking for people that's going to start something. Amen. They're going to start something with the word and then bring it all, carry it all the way through to fruition. That's what he's looking for. He's looking for people that's going to birth heaven in there. So he said, repent, and the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and believe the gospel. Now, how do you know if you believe the gospel? The believe means to possess faith, which means that I have faith. The problem with it is sometimes people don't even know what faith is. They don't know how to use it. The Bible said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you shall have them. The Bible said, believe you receive them and you shall have them. And then some people are just trying to pray without believing. The Bible said, he that cometh to God must already be believed. You can't run up in there and don't believe nothing. Start talking to God in the throne room. You can't do that. It won't work. Because the covenant says you got to be believing before you come. So that means you've got to begin to, and I have to begin to build faith in us before we even talk. If heaven's going to manifest, it only responds to Bible faith. And a lot of times we wonder why stuff is being delayed and stuff didn't work. And then we look at Jesus, wasn't none delayed because he prepared his heart to produce heaven. And we have to come to a place where that's our number one job. So we got to tell people what faith is. And uh, one simple way of telling you, there's five stages. I'll teach you the five, just real quick five stages. The first stage of faith, you must get somewhere where they talk intelligent about the word. Amen. 
If they if they ignorant about the Bible, you you shot from stage one. You must go somewhere where they talk intelligent about the word. Amen. So when I met Dr. Michael Jacobs, I said, this man is intelligent about the Word of God. I have been in places, people have preached all kind of praise and sermons and stuff like that. I got so depressed, I said, God, I'm standing at home, I ain't going to church no more. I said, I know you're bigger than that. And they don't even know that. So why should I go and listen to that? I said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to stay at home and watch Charles Stanley on TV. Charles Stanley was my pastor. Yeah, I, saw, I, could, I just had to listen to Charles. And Charles, I don't know what him and the Holy Ghost, he got, you know, I ain't, I ain't, I ain't got, you know, whatever. But that's what I was doing. And I came home that day. I, was, I came home from work. I was tired. Came home from work. And I said, I found another church. Let's go to that this evening. I said, oh, God, another church. Man, I went to some dead places. That's why I ain't going to never leave. I can't do that, man. All over again, that was a safari. I ain't up for that. How they say, I ain't down with that. But, but, but the first stage of faith, you have to get somewhere where they can talk intelligent about the Word. Now, if you're really pursuing God, then He will never take you to an ignorant church. Ain't no way He's going to do that. No, you're there because your cousin there. You can't nobody mess you up like a good cousin anyway. Yeah, I remember we was going to church. This was the last, I just got tired of looking for churches. We was about there. We took us eight months to find Dr. Jacob. Or did he find me? I got to figure that out. Anyway. But I remember I, I went home that day. This is another church. And uh, she said another, I said, man, I don't feel like going to church this evening. All them tripping. And I got in there that day, and I walked in there. I never, I, I just ministered the spirit. You just never forget. I walked in there that day, and those people greeted me with so much love. I said, "My God, in heaven." Now, before that, I know what I was going to say. It was his last church. It looked like the perfect church. They had a steeple, a brick building, and a parking lot. Had nice pews, and the people looked nice. The choir looked nice. They had on nice robes, and they were rocking back and forth. I said, all right now. <laughs> I see y'all. Preacher got up here on a nice robe on. Preached a nice message, but I don't know what he said. And I was tired. You got to understand I was tired. So when you get tired, you compromise sometimes. Amen. Well, this ought to help somebody. You right at the edge. You right at the edge. I didn't know I was almost at the edge. I didn't know I was right at the edge. So I'm going to mess up because I was tired. I got tired of that circus. So I said, let me tell my wife, see if I can get her into this church because I am tired of this safari. 
they got a nice church it's a nice steeple and you go in you can see all the people what the sound they told us. I said, why don't we just go in here? I didn't know the devil was using me. I said, why don't we just join this church? And she said, God don't want us in that church. I said, oh. I couldn't say nothing because I knew she was telling the truth. She said, how you know? She kept on talking. God may send us a church where everybody's white. I said, oh. <laughs> so I'm telling you, when heaven comes to y'all, he gonna mess you up. <laughs> Ain't never been no white church in my life where everybody was white. to all my life was black Baptist churches. So that's where I went, everything I looked for. See, I'm telling you, really, you just get some elevation in your life. You're going to keep doing the same stuff over. But she said, I want to go to a church with the power of God. So she had gotten to the place where I don't care what the color they are, I don't care what color they are, I don't care if they're orange, I don't care if they're green, white, blue, pink, purple. The question is, is the power there? Is the power of heaven there? Has the power of heaven come down there and rested, and they're going to talk about the Word of God intelligently? You're not going to go in and him, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Why well, pray he take away your pulpit, take away your brain, take away your house. I pray he take away everything you got since you so big and bold and saying that foolishness. Will you turn to the back of the book of Job and realize he didn't know what he was talking about? You don't know what you're talking about when you don't have a covenant like we have a covenant. But we got one today that says I will never leave you nor forsake you. Now you're gonna believe God. You got to tell me your body and the Lord giving it and the Lord taking away rolling through you. Go to read the book in the back of the book. See, Dr. Jacob took me to the back of the book. Job said, I didn't even know what I was talking about. Don't read the first chapter and go preach. Read the book. The whole book is there. He got all his stuff back. Go read the end of the book. He got rid of his old crazy wife. He was delirious. When you ain't got no covenant nothing to read, you're delirious. A tornado come and hit your house on all four corners? That's a strategic attack. I read this said a tornado come to this corner, that corner, this corner, and that corner. And took his house off. Killed all his kids and got him sick. He didn't have the revelation of faith presented in his lap like he had. He didn't have all that to know by keeping his confession right. He didn't have all that. He didn't even have the Abrahamic covenant. So you got to go somewhere where they can talk intelligently about the Bible. 
My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, but they don't know. He just taught me so much word. She said, I want to go to a church where the power of God is. I said, what do you mean, electric power? Uh-huh. I didn't know what she talking about. I had to shut up. Because she had experienced the power of God. Somebody had to lay hands on her. She went to the past of the church we was going to. We were back in Nashville. She was losing all kind of weight. Hair was falling out. She back at laughing now. I saw her one day at college. I said, ooh. I still love you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She went to the church and the doc passed. I can't do that after you. I said, wait a minute, hold it. What's this all this? I be a liar in the courtroom. Doctor, when you're sick, ain't he all right? Ah, shut up. I better go home, hadn't I? <laughs> ah. <laughs> you know what I'm I ain't got a lot of time for foolishness. It almost killed me. Almost killed my wife. And I go over there and see her. She's laying in the bed with a fever. Paranoia all on. She's so scared she can't even come out of the room. And I had just come back from the Baptist church. I'd go in and visit the sick and shut in. And uh, I stand over the bed and I talk to her. I said, trust God. <laughs> I just did what they told me. I said, won't you trust God? And I turn out and walk in and close the door and leave in the room. what everybody else has been doing. And then she was taking all these pills and stuff like that. She was taking all these pills and then and the next thing I heard they was taking it for shock treatment. She said, I'm, I can't get out of this. They're going to take me to shock treatment. And then her sister found out about it. She was bad. Now her sister had gone to a church and knew something about deliverance. They didn't even know a whole lot about deliverance. But they knew something about it. And so, they had to take her all the way out of Nashville, all the way to Fort Knox Post. And there was a pastor there, and he married us. What was his name, Pastor Sin? Pastor, what was his name? Jackson? Pastor Sin, you still back there? <laughs> now, they was there too, Pastor Young did man. Yeah, what, what was his name? Pastor Johnson. <laughs> she don't want to participate because I hadn't raised up yet, but I'm going to get up. So, they took her down there in the car. 
and I didn't go because I didn't think God could ever save her sister. I heard her sister came back in town. I know I'm chasing rabbits right now, but I heard her sister came back in town. Y'all got to understand. Did any time I was ever exposed to marijuana and did not inhale? It was because her sister was in town. I said, come back and tell her, I said, oh, Lord, how much drugs am I to be around this time? Ooh, I hated when that girl came to town. It wasn't news to me. Ah! I said, oh, Lord, her sister's in town. She's down. That's going to be the end of her. She's already laid out. And so then the sister came in and took her to church. She said, Keith, she's really born again. I said, oh, yeah, right. I don't understand the power of God to do the change people. Because we don't see many people changing. We ain't in places where they can talk about the gospel intelligence. But that night she come down the aisle and they laid hands on her. She fell out on the floor. We didn't know nothing about falling now. She fell out on the floor. She got up a changed person. And God is my witness. That sister been running for Jesus ever since. So I know people can really get saved and be dabbling. She don't be dabbling around and stuff like that. She really got saved. And so when she looked at me that day, she said, I'm going to church with the power of God. I just shut up. The next thing I know, I showed up at a bowling alley, church next to a bowling alley. I ain't never been to church no shopping shopping center, storefront church next to no bowling alley. There was a man on fire for God in there. And it's changed our life. So that's the first step. The second step is you must meditate the word. I know meditation looks like, man, it's just what am I doing? No, I'm trying to tell you the steps of faith. First is get somebody that can talk intelligent about the word of God. The next step is meditation. That's where you mutter and speak the word. Because now you're moving to the stages of perfected faith so that you can get your miracle. It's the meditation of the word. I remember when I sat down with Dr. Jacobs in the airport and, uh, and I said, you tell me, I, said, I asked him, tell me everything about Jacobs here. I want to know everything. He was in the airport, I don't know where he was. I said, I want to know everything. Because we ought to know how our stuff works. We need to know how our stuff works. What's wrong with people that don't know? The Christian does not know how the kingdom of heaven works. And it works by faith. And faith is a lifestyle. It's not, I mean, you got to get up. It's my way of living. I'm, I, I should have confessions every day. And so he said, well, Jacob would get up in the morning. He said, when we went to the doctor, and the doctor saw that Whatever it was, he said, he told Jacob, he said, you can scream, you can cry, do whatever you want to do. But after this is, a, after you get done, we're going to put this in the ring of faith and we ain't going to never leave. We'll never leave it. So he got the scriptures for the church to believe. He told me about that. And then he gave Jacob the, the scriptures, words, DVDs, CDs, tapes, 
And he said he would listen to those eight hours a day, just like a job, meditating the Word. He took him off his job, put him in an apartment so he could just send his life around the world. We know how miracles work. We just center our life around the Word and meditate the Word. Because with every word, there's a match. For every word, there's a match. For every word, there's a mate. He taught us that. So whatever you find in the word, you can get it to manifest in your life. If you're willing to do the faith process in the lifestyle, he do that all day, and then he might watch a little gun smoke at night. Marshall Dillon, nothing heavy. You don't need to see people getting their heads cut off. Dirty, dirty, dirty. All that stuff. And then, then, if, you know, he was throwing up anything like that and sickness come, they'd have Dale over there. Thank God for Dale. Jessica and others would go over and pray for him. They had to watch people around him. See, this is the reason why you need to believe. Because he's just one person. We may have to send you to somebody's house. And it shouldn't be any different than Dr. Jacobs did there. It's the same power that raised Jesus from the dead that belongs to you. And he meditate that word and meditate first day, get in place, talk to you, tell him to meditate the word. And then after meditation comes revelation. What is revelation, Pastor Bobby? Revelation is when you see yourself out, when others see you in. Revelation is when God comes talk to you. Lindsay was talking about that this morning. She said, Jesus came into my room. He comes to your place. He comes to let you know that it's over. I have honored your faith. Even though you may have symptoms in your body, even though things may be coming up, going on, he, he shows up. And then after meditation, you enter up into the stage of revelation. This is when you can see your way out before you out. And then he said, he said, Jacob was going into part of the treatment. He said, Lord, I can't do this anymore. And Father, I can't do this anymore. He said, you don't have to. I already healed you. Like Jessica said, when I got to the place, I just had the peace of God on me. Because nothing can change the place. Nothing can take away. Jesus said, now Mary has chosen that which is good and right, and it cannot be taken away from her. What you meditate cannot be taken away from you because you're going to go over into Revelation. When you get into revelation, then that's when you speak the word of God. And when you lease that word of God, then that which is in the, in the spirit materializes into the natural. And then you are in the stage of possession. And that's what you have to do for the rest of your life. Because this is our way of living. Amen. But you notice in the book of Hebrews... They tell you about, they tell you about the, 
the uh, hero, we call them the heroes of faith, which means God is not going to record anything we don't do by faith. Amen? So from this point on, we're going to do everything that we need to do by the faith that God has given us. We're going to do it because we have the spirit of faith. Amen? So by faith, Jacob's here today. By faith, Jessica's here today. By faith, Lindsay's here today. By faith, Church on the Rock is here today. By faith, you are here today. See, God wants to record what you do by faith. It's a good thing Jacob kept living because now by faith, he's got those three boys and he and Jessica. By faith, he's going to preach the gospel on these television shows. Amen? By faith, he's down there preaching in the prison. By faith, got a radio program. Everything has got to done, be done by faith. By faith, Dr. Jacobs turned the religious world away. By faith, he started a church on the rock. By faith, amen, Pastor Diana had a vision for youth camp. By faith, amen, he raised, they raised up a local church that sent churches out all over the world. By faith, it happens. See, these things happen because we believe. By faith, Pastor Cynthia goes, is delivered, amen. And down at the prison preaching the gospel, using the same faith that delivered her to deliver women in jail. Now we got to have your faith on the scene. By faith, Pastor Alvin Parker is carrying on a Bible study in the barber shop. By faith, he's raised up a local church in Hermitage, Tennessee. By faith, Pastor Bishop McLean is preaching the gospel in Madison, Tennessee. By faith, amen. Liz and Joe raised up a business, and God is going to prosper you beyond your belief. Amen. You're beyond what you can think. By faith, we up at this camp. By faith, we believe we got the Holy Ghost. By faith, we believe that heaven is on our side. By faith, we're going to win and not lose. By faith, amen, that which is in me is coming out. The kingdom of heaven is here. Go ahead and stand to your feet. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory be to God. Just lift your hands to heaven. 